We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined, as always, by Benny Ricciardi as we spotlight the Week 2 NFL DFS action. Today, we'll be breaking down the running back, wide receiver, and defense positions. You can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at Rotocurve, Rotowire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. You can also find me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and hosting the Daily Slant Show and writing over at ProFootballFocus.com. The Rotowire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, what's going on, my man? Hey, not too much. Uh, actually, just checking out some of these uh, golf golf games that just started in the background and uh, taking a look at some of this NFL stuff, getting ready for Sunday. Uh, good start. Quick question for you before we dig into the uh, the positional uh, value plays for today. How much uh, Thursday action do you got going today? Do you just have a uh, a, uh, a a few tournaments? Or are you going to wait till Sunday? What's what's your approach here on Fanduel? Um, I actually wind up putting in a few. I don't put in a ton mm-hmm. uh, because there's still basically what I try to do on a Thursday is I'll try to make teams with guys that pretty much fade most of the Thursday game because I feel like the Thursday game ownership is always very high. Mm -hmm. And what I'll try to do is take the safest plays I can think of for the weekend. I try to stay away from anybody who's questionable, anybody who might be injured, anybody who might be out. And I make a team with guys that I like that I know for a fact are going to be starting and, you know, playing and getting their usual number of touches or, you know, have have all the, the positives in their favor. But anybody who's even remotely, this guy missed practice, he was limited, he was there, I check those guys off the list. I may put them back in my teams on, on Sunday when I'm making Sunday Fandle teams. But for Thursday, I try to fade the Thursday game and pick the safest guys that I'm sure are playing on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I do actually play a lot of head-to-heads on Thursday because I feel like in Thursday, people go overly crazy with the Thursday guys, even in head-to-heads. Right. So I feel like you can get a, a little bit of an advantage there. 
Um, I do play a couple tournaments. I'll usually throw something in the bomb. Um, maybe like some of the uh, smaller ones, the $5, the $2, $1 tournaments. Um, but I try not to go too heavy. Most of my action is going to be on Sunday when I have a little more information. I don't love the fact that I have to lock stuff up like two days beforehand, you know, with all the craziness that can happen in the NFL. Yeah, that's a great point there. There's a lot of action junkies who want or like, well, man, you know what? Peyton Manning is going to be a sneaky play this week or I got to have Jamal Charles because he went off last week and, um, and and sort of get their uh, DFS fix. And, you know, if they're if they were planning on playing a top wide receiver, they're just like, I'll just use Demarius because he's playing today and I'll have the sweat. So there, mm-hmm. that's a great point there for especially a lot of uh, cash game action there as well. I tend to wait towards uh, Sunday. Um, but if I, I'm like you, if I am going to use a uh, Thursday player there, I want somebody who is not limited in practice at all, full participant. And it looks like they're ready and healthy. So I don't have any questions about what may happen between now and the in-between time leading up to Sunday. So let's go ahead and dig into it here. We'll start at the running back position uh, here, Benny. Uh, who piques your interest for, for Week 2 on FanDuel? Well, I'm not really thrilled with a lot of the expensive options today. The one guy who I, I would pay up for in a couple spots, and I have you know kind of done so already, is Matt Forte. Um, watching that New Orleans versus Arizona game tape, the running back passes was basically the way that uh, New Orleans was able to move the ball. And as we all know, I mean, Forte is probably one of the best catching backs out of the backfield that we have in the NFL. Uh, he's a guy who's had double-digit targets, um, you know, multiple times last year. I think he even had double-digit catches multiple times last year. And um, to me, that's just that's just added gravy because it's the same as, you know, handing the ball to the guy, but you're also getting a half point every time he makes those catches. So if he goes out and makes six to eight catches for 40 or 50 yards and runs for another 40 or 50 yards and winds up with a touchdown for you, you're right around 20 points overall, which would be a, a pretty good return for him. I don't, like I said, I don't love a lot of the guys at the top end today, um, but I do like the fact that Forte should be in a pretty close game with uh, both teams expected to score over 20 points according to Vegas. So if I was using anybody towards the top end, I think Forte is probably my favorite one of those guys. I, I like that play um, there as well. Forte, to me, is the safest big back option on the board for today, uh, given that matchup. You thought that they, they might have uh, sh- struggled with uh, Alshon Jeffrey coming in at less than 100% for week one, and then uh, with no Brandon Marshall uh, and having to rely on Eddie Royal, with you know who missed uh, six of the seven targets that he had thrown his way. Uh, there that week so I thought there was going to be a little like eight-man boxes and and expected Matt Forte to struggle a lot of people were sort of down on Forte with his this you know the amount of usage that he had last year and this being his age 30 season but basically he's proved everybody wrong right now no slowing down for Matt Forte and I think he's one of the 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 best safest cash game plays there as well and I think you you could probably make some sense of out of him for GPPs I'll probably try to lean for somebody a little more upside um, and uh, and value for the price since he I believe, like in terms of salary, what is he the number two price running back? Yeah, right behind Adrian Peterson yeah. on FanDuel. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be interesting for me. Given that too, as well, just as a side note too, I I don't mind Adrian Peterson uh, uh, for for the bounce back. You are paying top dollar um, at nine k on, on FanDuel against Detroit, but I do, I have a hard time believing that he throws up a dud uh, or Mike Zimmer, um, you know, blows this twice in a row. You know, the whole thing with. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings in the past with Adrian Peterson is that even when you're down two or three scores, you give it to the guy. 
because he's the one who's going to set up the offense and open up your passing game for you. So for them to just give him the limited amount of touches and blame it on game script and game flow is just uh, asinine to me. Uh, speaking of running backs that I want to talk about, I think the guy that you may be interested in here as well is Justin Forsett. Uh, I think right now, taking a look at his matchup, going up against, uh, I believe, is it Oakland? Yeah, and you saw what the Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard were able to get done. Justin Forsett at 7,800 on FanDuel, I think is, is very interesting to me. Uh, he's a factor in the passing game there as well. So, And I believe uh, Baltimore uh, graded out as a top five uh, offensive line uh, in 2014. And, and that line is, uh, I think, mostly or all of it is intact for 2015. So I expect him to have a good big role again and a lot more success. It is on the road against Oakland, but that doesn't really matter to me. It didn't matter to Cincinnati there. So if you're looking to save a few dollars, you get a $1,100 uh, cost savings off of Matt Forte if you're looking at uh, Forsett as a top option. Uh, any other top options that we should be looking at on your side? Um, up towards the top, I mean, Forsett is the other guy that I had up there that I would want to pay up for. Mm-hmm. He was actually my number one on my list based on price and projection. Um, my only drawback, and the reason I didn't mention him first, he missed practice yesterday, sat out practice all day yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little bit of a concern from everything I'm reading and hearing. You know, they're still expecting him to play this weekend. But that was actually the reason why I ticked him down a little bit. But I agree 100% with you. I mean, if Forsett is in and they say he's healthy and he's not going to be, you know, limited in his snaps or anything like that, I I had him as the top option this weekend at the running back position myself. So, you know, just keep an eye on that. You know, guys out there, if if you hear this pod, you know, just make sure you keep an eye on that up till Sunday. Like I said, it was basically something out of the blue. I hadn't heard anything about it until earlier today when I saw a, a blurb that he had set out practice on Wednesday. So it made me, uh, you know, made me pause a little bit. Yeah, but, I, I think that's fair. But just something else to, to keep in mind, too, is uh, Wednesday is typically the veteran rest day. So even when people are healthy or, you know, Justin Forsett's not a rookie in this league. He's uh, closer yeah. to... Uh, Matt Forte's age. So this sort of could just be a maintenance type thing because they expect him to have heavy usage there. But I, I'm with you. I'm paying attention to it for sure, especially if you know you're going to roll him in a, t- in a ton of lineups, and I and I plan to, given the price. Um, but So you're going to have to pay attention to practice report for today and particularly for Friday. Uh, there, mm-hmm. well, And then you have a better indication uh, of where he's at. Yeah, and, and like you said, I mean, Thursday and Friday are really the big days. When, when a guy's going to play, even if he sits out, when guys are banged up, a lot of times they'll sit out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but Thursday and Friday is when everything really gets put in and they have the you know the serious walkthroughs and all that. If you see that a guy's active on Thursday and Friday, that's usually a really good sign that he's going to be playing. So yeah, absolutely. That's what you want to look for. Right, and so and we're here recording early Thursday morning, so all the practice reports aren't exactly out yet. And even if you get a good report Thursday, you still want the Friday report to to piggyback off of that. Uh, another mm-hmm. guy, another guy I want to quickly mention here. Uh, at the running back position here. I, I think he's going to be, every time I think it's going to be a good amount of chalk, I'm wrong, I guess, because there's just so much action right now on FanDuel and in DFS in general. But Carlos Hyde, to me, is like a must play against uh, on the road at Pittsburgh and that against that defense, uh, g- given the price on, on FanDuel there. Obviously, there was a little bit of an adjustment. But there, your thoughts on uh, Carlos Hyde as an option for week two? My only concern with that game is, I mean, the game script for him in the first game basically played out as well as it could. They just literally kept feeding him the ball and feeding him the ball. And, I mean, he played great. He was running hard. He, he looked really, really good. 
Um, my only fear here is that they get behind and you don't get as many carries out of him towards the end of the, you know, basically towards the end of the second half, the third and fourth quarter. Um, if I thought that, I mean, I think that Minnesota offense was, they were horrible the other night. So there was no reason for San Francisco to do anything else other than run the football. And they were having such success doing it that they just kind of stuck with it. I mean, what did he end up with the other day? 23 carries or something like that? Uh, I'll, let me double check there. I have the, the number right in front of me. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know it was over twenty. So you know, you have to figure. And it was a, it was a slow paced kind of game where I don't think either team really ran more than fifty or sixty plays. So you know, to have that many, that much volume, you know, that's a great thing. And he had a great game. My only fear is whether or not he's going to get that kind of volume again. But I don't even think he needs that kind of volume. I mean, if you give him fifteen to twenty touches, mm-hmm. you know, he can come up with a hundred total yards. If he gets a touchdown, he's basically gonna pay off that salary for you. Yeah. So I, I don't mind him at all. I think he's a a decent option. Um like I said, I just I worry a little bit about that game getting away from San Francisco. That's my only concern. Actually you know and I have to correct myself here. He was actually seventy three hundred on FanDuel in week one and is down to seven K. Was that one? Yeah, he I, dropped. You know that happens with you know when when a guy plays on Monday night. Remember they put these prices out beforehand. Right. So you know even uh. So there was an adjustment. Right. Right. There was a there was an adjustment on the price because they have to release the game. Um. You know Sunday after lineup lock, so they can try to get as many people into all these big tournaments. Uh. You know like their five million dollar contest on, on FanDuel. So obviously the price would have went the other way, and it, and it will go the other way. Um. Ne- uh. Next next week. Uh, since this game uh, is a, a regular Sunday game uh, in Pittsburgh, there, so you're getting you're getting an amazing cost savings uh, on on the benefit of the Monday night game. And 26 rushes, by the way, for 168, 6.5 a carry, and two receptions in the passing game uh, as well. So uh, a lot of profit overall, and I expect that there to be some some fairly high ownership uh, there on on Carlos Hyde there as well. But here's an interesting thing. Uh, I was taking a look at one of my uh, cash game lineups, one of my 50-50s, and I, w- I was talking with my co-host Renee Miller on Pro Football Focus about how what she thought Aaron Rodgers' ownership percentage would be. What did you think uh, it would be on um, Aaron Rodgers for, for week one? I thought it would be around like where I had seen it, somewhere in the 20 to 25% range, to be honest. Yeah, I saw a few of my contests that had down to like as low as 14%. Yeah, so, that's way too low. That's way crazy, especially yeah. for cash games. And I'm sort of, so I'm, I'm just sort of preaching that advice for week two there as well. If you think there's an obvious play that you, and especially in your cash games, that you have to go away from, uh, because you think too many players will be on that, and that's not enough for you to profit from, think again, especially for cash games. And so Carlos Hyde definitely fits that mold for me. I'm not going to be worried about using him at all coming off the big game there as well, especially you know when you're going to get a three hundred dollar dollar discount. If everybody plays him, great, but it's probably still not going to be as high as a percentage as you think, particularly for cash. All right, uh, running back positions. Any other guys that we need to discuss before we move on to, to uh, tight ends? Yeah, there's a, a couple guys I wanted to talk about. Um, one of them, two of them are, are two rookies that are both priced pretty close to each other, about 6400 and that's uh, Amir Abdullah and Tevin Coleman. Um, I actually like Tevin Coleman a little bit more in this game. He had 20 carries on Monday night for 80 yards in the opener. And this is a guy who has explosive breakaway speed. If you watched him in college, um, he broke a lot of big runs over there for Indiana. And I didn't really see him do that on Monday night. So I'm expecting it to come at some point. 
Uh, we had Joseph Randall, who averaged uh, over four yards a carry on Monday night against this Giants team. So he can definitely run against the Giants, um, especially if you still have the Beeson hurt for them. And, you know, with JPP out, who most people don't realize, I mean, he could get to the passer, but he was also very good in rush defense. So without those two guys, I definitely think it's going to be a, a, a much easier spot for uh, Tevin Coleman here. Um, and I think that he could put up a good game and get his first NFL touchdown. And I really like his price at only 6500 uh, Abdullah is the other guy. If you watched any of that Detroit game, he is the, the number one back. He's the most explosive guy with the ball. You know, Joyke Bell might be the starter in name. But uh, even even then, I think Amir Abdullah took the first carry of the game, if I'm not mistaken. I think he even took it to the house. Wasn't that the one that he went down and uh, shook, you know, uh, shook Eric Weddle? Yeah, yes. that was. I mean, that was that was a big time, big time. Welcome to the NFL run right there. Right. And um, you know, in this game with Abdullah too, you know, Detroit should have a lead. They should be running the ball late. Um, Abdullah made a couple catches out of the backfield, and we watched that run defense get chewed up last weekend. So I definitely think that both of the rookies here are very interesting options and give you that price savings that you need as well. I like Coleman a little more just because I think that his volume of carries is a little safer. Um, with Abdullah, you have, you know, Joyke Bell to worry about. You also have Theo Riddick on passing downs to worry about, taking some action. Um, I just feel like Tevin Coleman is probably the safer guy for your cash games. But for GPP upside, I mean, hey, Abdullah could have five or six touches and wind up breaking two of them for touchdowns. So... You know, he's uh, definitely an intriguing option I'm going to be looking at, both of those rookies. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm definitely in on Tevin Coleman, especially uh, with uh, the price that you're able to get for him on, on Fandle. The, Tevin Coleman, over 2,000 yards, 2,036 yards for Indiana uh, in uh, 2014, and 7.5 yards per carry. So he really is like... I don't want to compare him to Barry Sanders because, to me, Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. But he has that sort of same style where you go, like, two yards, two yards, minus two yards, and then 34 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, any one of those running those runs can sort of take him to the house. So I love uh, getting Tevin Coleman into uh, my lineups today for FanDuel. Uh, 6500 is a great cost savings, too. Well well below the top price. You're saving close to... Um, you know, 2,000 to 2,500 plus on a lot of top running back options that'll let you um, create value at the wide receiver position. I said we were going to talk about tight ends there, but that was yesterday. So make sure you check out the uh, Thursday edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast. And I always tweet those links out um, every day, every day that the show's available. Um, but we're going to talk about wide receivers now here. Um, let's get into the, some of the, uh, the top options for you uh, on the slate for week two. Well, the number one guy for me is Antonio Brown, and um, he's going to be my number one guy in both cash and and some tournament plays, and the reason for that is he is probably the safest floor of all the big-time wide receivers. You know, guys like uh, Beckham, Julio Jones, you can game plan to kind of take those guys out of the game or, or lessen their impact a little. You know, you can roll a safety over the top, make sure that there's two guys on him, you got him bracketed at all times. With a guy like Antonio Brown, though, you can't really do that because a lot of his catches are right around the line of scrimmage. You know, he'll run like a wide receiver screen or the DB will be playing off and they'll give it to him and let him pick up some yards with his feet. So his catches are always going to be safe and he always gets a lot of them. You know, he's a guy that gets double digit targets every game, you know, winds up with seven to ten catches, you know, sometimes even more than that. I think he might have had 11 on Monday night and he gets the ball and he's so good after the catch that he picks up six or seven yards and you don't even realize it but if you got a guy who's picking up six seven eight yards 
and he's doing it, you know, seven or eight times, will you add up to 40 or 50 yards? And then if he catches a pass or two down the field or if he catches a slant and breaks one for a couple yards, you know, next thing you know, the guy's got eight or nine catches, he's got 100 yards, he's got a touchdown, and he's got over 20-something fantasy points for you on FanDuel, and that's really what you're looking for. So Pittsburgh's expected to put up some points there. Um, Again, with no Le'Veon Bell, no Martavius Bryant again this week, he's a big part of that offense. You should see a ton of targets, and I think he's going to be – one of the top scorers at the position, or at least the safest guy that's going to get you in, into the 20s this week at the position. Yeah, I like that that, that play uh, for me. I'm going to try to uh, keep in, keep Antonio Brown um, in some shares, but I'm a little bit concerned about San Francisco defense because they showed up pretty well there as well. I think Antonio Brown is probably as matchup-proof as anybody like Julio Jones, um, but I will try to do uh, a a few different things like go with Brandon Cooks, for example, for 7,400 against Tampa Bay. If you saw just Tampa Bay is going to be like my target option every week, along with Oakland and maybe Jacksonville. Sort of like, okay, who are these teams playing? Who are the, the, the players that I can derive value from based on those bad matchups? So I'm definitely going to be taking a look at, at, at Brandon Cooks uh, for him. Uh, Price basically stayed flat. Uh, I do like the fact that he got eight targets. I want him to do more than just 449 overall. But uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two different entities in terms of uh, defensive uh, attention there as well. Mm-hmm. I also want to have some shares of Brandon Marshall for 7,400 uh, in Indianapolis, who um, I believe they still have issues at, at corner in, in terms of health uh, there overall. And um, I think they're going to have to throw a ton because the Colts are, are I believe, close to six and a half, seven point favorites there as well. And Brandon Marshall showed up pretty well against um, what was supposed to be a tough matchup in Joe Hayden in Cleveland in that secondary there as well. For, so, so for 7,400, I think that I, I don't feel too much more um, of a disparity is going to be there between Brandon Marshall and a guy like um, A.J. Green, for example, at 8,100, or Randall Cobb for 8,200 there as well. Um, the polarizing guy here for Week 2 right now is Calvin Johnson. Right now it looks like he just sort of disappeared off the face of the earth there and I just don't I don't have no idea uh, what Matthew Stafford is or you know Jim Caldwell for that matter is thinking with them giving their one of the, what is supposed to be their top offensive option four targets and he gets two receptions for 39 yards there and I'm sure that there was a lot of double coverage and and things like that but that has never mattered uh, for Calvin Johnson there so are we are you ready to um, to fade him are we should, should we start you know getting the uh, the casket out on on Megatron right now, uh, 8,100 this week at Minnesota, or do you feel like you might be able to get some bounce back value here? I'm going to be honest. I'm not on him this week, and mostly because I feel like the game script for that game is going to go more towards the, the running attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd rather use you know a guy like a, a Amir Abdullah, who we talked about. And uh, I, had, I actually had shares of Calvin Johnson last weekend, and it was... You know, he made a real nice catch over the middle on, you know, like a skinny post early in the game, 20-something yards. And then after that, you pretty much didn't see him. You know, I, I like he basically disappeared. And again, like you said, you know, he's a guy, he's 6'5", and he can jump through the roof. So double teams have never really mattered because if you throw the ball up, there's nobody that can go up and get, get the ball at the apex like he can go up and get the ball at its apex because nobody else can get up as high as him. There are no... Six five defensive backs that run, you know, as fast as he can and jump as high as he can. So he's a he's a mismatch just by stepping out on the field. Um, he looked healthy. He seems healthy. I don't think there's anything wrong with him there. 
And I think at some point this year, he's going to get back to being that stud that, you know, we expect him to be. I just don't think that right now is that time. Yeah, I, I, I want to see it before I jump back in uh, mm-hmm. on Calvin Johnson there as well. I do, and I did have some shares of him, and I just sort of felt like I need to spread out my risk rather than being all in on Julio and Odell Beckham. And obviously, Julio worked out well. Um, Odell Beckham not so much, and Calvin Johnson not so much. So, yeah, Julio was basically the one big receiver who did. I mean, you had Dez get hurt, Beckham didn't do anything, Demarius didn't do much, Calvin didn't do much. I mean, if you went with Julio, who was probably the chalk, you were in a pretty good spot. If you tried to come off of the chalk, you you pretty much got smashed up at the top end that wide receiver in week one. I, I definitely agree with you that, uh, there as well. Calvin Johnson was along with Adrian Peterson was one of the reasons where I had you know was looking good in a bunch of GPPs and ended up you know falling out of the money or that way down the the, the cash out to to, to mm-hmm. a min cash because you were you were produ- you paid big salary and you were looking for you know. 20 fantasy points or, or or something in that range if not more and you got single digits so mm-hmm. very very tough to swallow and i think i'm gonna have to take a step back before i jump back in here in week two uh for me if at the wide receiver position that i know both of you and i are, are interested in Dante moncrief at 4600 now there's rumors about ty hilton potentially um you know uh practicing or being a game time decision on wednesday is that going to sway you right now if ty's in is Dante moncrief out for you, or do you still feel like it's enough value um, for the given the price at on FanDuel for Sunday? I, if TY's in, I'm going to be coming off of Moncrief. I have to be honest. I'm not going to keep him in there. Um, but if TY is out, I think he's almost a must-play in a lot of my lineups. And there's a couple guys down there in that in that low $6,000 range that are very interesting to me. I um, The way I look at it is, you know, with people knowing that Des Bryant's out, you got Terrence Williams down there at 6400 I think he's going to draw a lot of a lot of attention. You also have uh, Devontae Adams, even though he burned everybody last week. He's down there at 6,300. I think he's going to draw a lot of attention. And that kind of leaves a guy like Moncrief. If T.Y. is out, you know that people are going to hop over to him. So he's going to draw a lot of attention down there as well. And I think all three of those guys make pretty decent plays. But the guy who I think is going to get lost in the shuffle, who I like more than all of them, is John Brown of Arizona. I mean, he's basically the apple of Carson Palmer's eye. If you watch that game, whenever whenever Palmer gets chased out of the pocket, mm-hmm. John Brown is fast. He works hard. He gets himself open. He never gives up on plays. Every time that Palmer gets chased out of the pocket, the first person he's looking for is John Brown to try to get open. And as soon as Brown gets a little bit of daylight, he's throwing it to him. He did it to him on a touchdown pass that they had in the end zone. He did it to him on a couple third down plays where he got chased out of the pocket. You know, Brown was going deep, came back you know, made a catch, got the first down for him. I mean, he trusts this guy as one of his receivers. And Brown, in my eyes, is basically the number one on that Arizona team right now. I mean, you know you got Floyd, who's been banged up and only playing, you know, some some snaps. You got Larry Fitzgerald, who's basically a possession receiver, a very good possession receiver. But, you know, that's basically what he is. I mean, John Brown, to me, is the biggest threat on that team. So I'm expecting a, a pretty big game out of him this weekend. It's supposed to be close. They're expected to put up 24 points. And uh, I wouldn't doubt it if uh, Palmer and Brown hook up for another touchdown this week. Yeah, I like that there as well. 6,200 on, on on FanDuel, still very reasonable. And um, you, you like the uh, overall week one result. I would, uh, I would like to see more than seven targets uh, overall uh, against the Saints. But uh, 
the Carolina, I'm sorry, the Arizona Cardinals were in fairly good control of this, and they were having a good amount of success in the run game with Andre Ellington until he got injured there as well. And then you saw, um, you know, one of those plays that sort of takes everybody off the field when David Johnson takes a screen pass to the house. Yeah. Uh, there. So, I mean, I think that could have been a bigger game for John Brown um, in, a, in a different scenario. Uh, but yeah, I will try go back to the well for 6,200 there in week two, especially uh, at Chicago where we saw Aaron Rodgers have a good amount of success through the air. I'm not calling Carson Palmer Aaron Rodgers, but I'm saying it's interests me enough to, to definitely uh, jump in there. I think you definitely need to have some st- shares of Stevie Johnson there uh, as well to uh, this weekend on on FanDuel. Uh, they're at 5,700, actually cheaper than John Brown. Not much of a price adjustment. It is a tougher matchup on the road at Cincinnati, but he is definitely the most explosive guy in the passing game for uh, Philip Rivers. And I, I don't know if you remember that, but I think Philip Rivers has a little bit of like ownership in Cincinnati. Like he has some property there. He treats it like it's his house. He puts his feet up, and uh, <laughs> you know he's like drinking. Drink, you know, doesn't use a coaster. He's like you know yelling at people in the kitchen to bring him bring him beer. Uh, he, uh, you remember San Diego, um, bouncing, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals pretty famously in Cincinnati over there. So I don't have too much of a concern about the, um, San Diego Chargers traveling on the road. And for 5,700, I think that's extreme value and you definitely love the production. Uh, got the red zone look and the, and the touchdown, uh, in that game. Six for, six for 82, caught every target that was thrown his way. Wouldn't be surprised if they even expand, expand the role, uh, there as well. And then there's a chance also that, you know, Cincinnati has the lead, they're the favorites, uh, and they get behind. And, you know, the, the Phil Rose loves to throw anyway. 402 yards in week one is, is, uh, is all you need to know from me. So, uh, I'm feeling fairly good about Stevie Johnson for 5,700. Any other uh, wide receivers you want to touch on here? Um, the only other guy who I really have on my radar right now is Jordan Matthews from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I still think that $7,000 is a pretty fair price for him. Yeah. Um, he's a big PPR guy. I think he had like 9 or 10 catches the other day. And I don't think he even had a TD in week one. But you know that those TDs are coming. This is a guy that had a couple multiple touchdown games last year. I think that uh, this game is going to be high scoring between them and Dallas. And that was secondary. Remember, after they lost uh, Skandrick, you know, this secondary is pretty suspect. There's nobody there who's really all that impressive. And Matthews is a legitimate number one wide receiver right now. I mean, this guy can play. So I think you're going to need some exposure to that game. Um, And I think that Jordan Matthews is aware that I'm going to be trying to get some exposure to that game, along with, uh, you know, uh, some Darren Sproles at running back because he's very cheap over here too. So he's another guy to... uh, to mention if you're looking for some exposure to that Philly game. All right, I like that there as well. Um, Jordan Matthews showed up very well uh, in that pass where Sam Bradford ended up throwing 50, 50 pass attempts, uh, I believe there as well. And it sort of, and you know, you sort of want to be like, well, you know, Philadelphia was trailing and they need to just air it out. But I think that's just going to be a function of the Chip Kelly offense. I'm not expecting Bradford to throw 50 times, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's 40 plus. Uh, every game and Nelson Aguilar if you watched him there as well he got a good targets, good amount of targets and he was on the on the field a lot um, but he just sort of looks lost in the offense he definitely looked like a rookie he was like turning around late on on comeback routes uh, just you know looked like he was just out of sync and not on the same page with Sam Bradford so I don't be surprised if Matthews uh, targets increase here in week two and he sort of just trusts the receiver who has a better feel for what's going on route wise and, and and in that offense going forward and that's where sort of where i would you know lean away from Aguilar and more like somebody like Zacherts uh as well all right so we've given you some great uh top and cheap wide receiver options now let's go ahead and get into the defense there uh who's going to be um you know bringing the fence for you here in week two 
I mean, for me, the number one defense on the week, uh, they're $5,000, a little bit pricey, but I love the Baltimore Ravens, and it mostly has to do with the matchup. They're going up against Oakland. You got a banged-up David Carr who hurt his hand in the last game. The Oakland offense looked absolutely horrible. And um, the one thing that this Baltimore Ravens defense always has done really well and has done you know, really well for the last year and a half is stop the run. So I think that they're going to be able to limit a guy like Latavius Murray. And if they're able to do that, that means they're forcing Oakland to be a one-dimensional passing team. And with Carr being banged up and with Carr having a you know, tendency to, to create some turnovers, to throw some picks, uh, you know, to hold on to the ball too long and get sacked and fumble. I think that the Ravens are going to have scoring opportunities here today. So when you have a defense that's going to be able to get some sacks, going to be able to get some picks, and has a chance to turn those into six points, you know, that's the kind of defense I want on my fantasy team. So they're easily the number one for me, and I have absolutely no problem paying up for them because I really like the matchup. All right, uh, fair, fair enough. For me on defense, I want to quickly mention this piece of break news that just came by. Um, Sean McCoy pulled out of practice due to hamstring tightness Rex Ryan hopes he plays Sunday so for those of you um, you know thinking about uh, using Buffalo Bills uh, against the New England Patriots or you need to definitely take a look at Carlos Williams and his price I'm just pulling it right up uh, now on FanDuel I think you're going to get uh, 3300 there so that's going to be pretty much an auto play for me at this at least in GPPs if if uh he ends up sitting right now uh, in that matchup there. They, they let go of Bryce Brown. Um, no Fred Jackson there. Um, so we're talking. Uh, did, they, did they get rid of Bryce Brown? I think they did. If I'm if I'm. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- I think he's the one that they wound up letting go. Don't they also have? Um, I can pull up the what's his name? Dixon Bo- Boogie Dixon. Boogie Dixon probably is the third Boogie guy. Dixon. Yeah. So they had to yeah. for the um, uh, Bryce Brown was fourth on the depth chart, and they ended up having to cry. Um, uh, I guess scream uncle or or whatever. So Sean McCoy, if he ends up sitting out, I mean he obviously didn't have a great game in, in week one against what should have been a, a good matchup, a plus matchup for him in in Indy. So clearly he's not playing at a hundred percent. I think he tried. I didn't like the fact that he tried to rush back into the lineup, especially for season long. Um, but you're sort of forced to. There's no way I'm touching LaShawn McCoy in DFS, but I will get in there um, as long as Carlos Williams is 100% healthy because he had injury questions in the preseason as well. But there's just that's just way too much value to pass up. All right, flipping back to defense here, uh, I think you definitely need to take a look at St. Louis uh, against Washington for 3,100 uh, there as well. Mess of an offense. Now Deshaun Jackson out of the lineup for, for Washington uh, there as well. Uh, great offensive line. So um, I'm sorry, defensive line. So you would you you would probably think that the Redskins would want to lean on the run game and Alfred Morris. It's just not necessarily a, a great option for them as well. You saw Marshawn Lynch get stuffed on the one uh, to keep that game line of live for, for Seattle Seahawks uh, there in Week One. So it's a top defensive line, maybe the top defensive line in the division, if not the NFC. So I'm definitely going to look to have some shares of. Uh, St. Louis there whenever possible. Uh, the other thing um, I want to talk about really quickly here is Miami at Jacksonville. Is that a defense that interests you at all? Yeah, I love Miami this week. Um, basically, Bortles is a guy who is very turnover prone. And as we've talked about, we talked about it last week. You know, you add Indomic and Sue to the middle of that Miami defense. And basically, it just makes the guys who they have who are good pass rushers on the outside. Um, guys like Oliver, guys like uh, like Wake. You know, it just makes those guys even better pass rushers because now they're all going after the quarterback in one-on-one situations because they have to leave two guys inside to help slow down and handle uh, and Dominic and Sue. So I really like this Miami defense. I'm probably going to like them all year. 
And I really like them when they're going up against a turnover-prone quarterback like Bortles has shown to be so far in his career. So I, I think that they're definitely probably my second uh, favorite defense after the Raiders at uh, 5,100 over here on Fanville. Right, and uh, just to correct really quickly, 4,900 for the St. Louis uh, defense um, there as well. So it's something to keep an eye on there. I, I will uh, – actually, I'm going to save – my um, sneaky home run play on defense. I'll, I'll do a defense one, and I'll let you choose. Since we already talked about um, running back, I want you to give me, give me your um, way out in left field home run play, and I'll throw one in there as well for, uh, uh, for, for defense here. But before we do that, we have to let you know that the uh, Fandle is the leader in one-week fantasy sports, and the first week of the fantasy football season is now in the books. So how did your team do? Did you win money? If not, you can get in on FanDuel this weekend, so don't miss out anymore. Uh, they have more uh, winners and more paths than any other site. The money is real. They're paying out over $75 million a week this fantasy football season, and building a team is easy. You just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entries started as low as just $1, so anyone can play. Uh, Benny and I will, uh, had a lot of FanDuel action going on uh, this week. I had a good amount of success here. I think you had a good amount of success with Julio Jones. Um, if I'm correct, uh, yep. Benny and uh, Tony Romo came in there with a little late touchdown action for uh, uh, for you as well. And uh, I'm going to be rolling out uh, Aaron Rodgers in some FanDuel lineups again this week. So uh, let us know how your FanDuel team did. You can send Benny a message on Twitter at BennyR11 or hit me up. Let you know what top FanDuel plays you like um, at Josh Hayes FS. And if you want to get involved in FanDuel this week for week two, all you have to do to go is go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the right upper hand corner and use my code RWDFS and sign up now. Special offer for new users. For every dollar you deposit on FanDuel, they'll match it up to $200 that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to 200 bucks. This offer is only good for the first 50 people that use this code RWDFS today. Don't forget to use the code RWDF, RWDFS. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-L-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, home run play time. I'm going to save my defensive one. I want to hear what you got at the wide receiver position. Okay, wide receiver position, home run play. I was looking yesterday, and I saw something that said that most people are expecting Cole Beasley to be the second starter down in Dallas. Mm -hmm. But the wide receiver, too, that they're looking at right now is a guy named Devin Streeter. And he's got a little bit of speed. He can help stretch the defense. And if he's going to be getting the volume, I think he could be a guy that would be a very cheap play that's going to be very low-owned that could have some big upside in a high-scoring game. So Devin Streeter, 4,500, wide receiver two for Dallas, who's probably going to be the guy who starts on the opposite side. Beasley's still going to play a lot, but he's going to play out of the slot. So he'll be in there when they do go three wide, which uh, they may do quite often, actually, um, in this game with uh, you know Winton on the other side and then going three wide with Beasley. But I think Streeter could be the guy that flies under the radar and has a chance to have a big game here today and really help push one of your rosters up in one of these large field GPPs. Yeah, so basically minimum salary. You could actually, Technically speaking, you can go as low as 3K at a wide receiver, but FanDuel has exactly one wide receiver listed at 3K. Everybody else from min salary guys are at 4,500, and so Devin Street is 4,500 on FanDuel for week one. I think that's interesting. I like that play a lot. It's well off the radar. For me, I think it's a little bit off the and uh, not as sneaky, but somebody you need to definitely pay attention uh, to f- on the defensive side uh, f- for the cheaper options that people on. It's not really an obvious play because it's 
priced toward a little bit towards the bottom is New Orleans defense at Tampa Bay for 4,500. We saw what Jameis Winston uh, was able to do or not able to do. Uh, and you know, turn the ball over as a rookie. Um, Mike Evans is coming off the injury there. He says he's 100%, but um, that remains to be seen. So I'm going to be having some shares of the New Orleans defense uh, at Tampa Bay. New Orleans is at home for, for week two, so it's going to be a tough matchup on the road in the Dome. Uh, and I think there's going to be some opportunity to turn the ball over a few times, maybe, maybe a pick six to the house uh, for the New Orleans defense. And that is going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast. Thank you for listening. Rotowire DFS podcast is brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. We're now available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience, so be sure to give the Rotowire DFS podcast a rating, a review, and don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to check out Benny uh, Ricciardi on Twitter at BennyR11, and you can send all your comments, complaints, your questions to me at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody, and good luck in all your fantasy matchups. They're going to kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.